Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. I'm Cosmo, uh, one of the heads. And I'm Dane, the Game Master head. And, oh shit, look, we got a third head here tonight. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> That's a terrible way to introduce yourself. <laughs> no, I think it's great. It's fine. Keep it. Great. Uh, yeah, I'm the third head. I'm Brian. Yeah. Third head tonight. Brian is a friend of ours and another... Um, RPG enthusiast. Yeah. Fan of the fan of the games. Uh, real the shortly, uh, real quick here, Brian. Why don't you? What's your RPG experience? Yeah, so um, I'm a game master for a group we've been playing for about three years now. No, four years, and um, we play D and D five E. Um, so I've only really DM'd in five E. I played a little bit of the Eclipse system in the Afterlife. That's setting. ours. That's yours. Yeah. <laughs> That's our cool thing, yeah. and it's super cool. Um, and then I've listened to a few, like, 4E D&D podcasts and watched a few other, like, 5E podcasts and YouTube shows, so. Did you cool. play much before you were Game Master? I think we'll get into that more. But. Um, so, oh, yeah, so good question. So I was a player for, um, probably s- three or four months in one campaign, and then maybe another three or four in the campaign we're playing now, and then I switched roles with a player of mine. Mm-hmm. And I haven't looked back since. Okay. All right, well, so what we want to talk about today are uh, a couple things. Uh, we want to do a discussion with your experience, uh, mainly focused on accessibility and complexity of game systems, specifically D&D, because that's where your experience lies. And then we'll share with you some of the stuff we've been doing and introduce you to a little something called RPG Lite. Yeah. And we will play a short little session in that. Cool. I'm excited for it. So... Um, that's what we want to talk about today. Get into it. Uh, Brian, talk us through, I guess, your beginning. We told everybody kind of at the beginning of our show, the first couple episodes. Like how we started. How we started with the hobby. What, uh, how'd you come to the hobby and find yourself yeah, so you know, I, um, with no free time anymore? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I worked for a company in a warehouse and when you're in a warehouse, you don't talk to a lot of people. You just do stuff with your body all day. Oh. Um, yeah. Round. I know. <laughs> but I don't know. You can cut this out. But it's a lot like being a prostitute, right? You're like, not a lot of talking, a lot of doing stuff with your body, right? And at the end, they make more, I think. They make more. <laughs> We're both getting fucked, though, you know? Uh, so I worked in a warehouse. You can cut all that out. I worked in a warehouse. Stay in now. Right, everything. So I worked in a warehouse um, where, you know, my mind was kind of just free to do whatever I wanted all day. So I l- listened to podcasts and stuff, but you can only listen to so many NPR things before you start to feel sad. Um, yeah. And so I decided to start, you know, look for something with a story. Long story short, um, I found... Uh, Two podcasts, one called Nerd Poker with Brian Posehn, um, which was really good. But the one that kind of like got me into everything was um, it used to be called Drunks and Dragons, and now it's called the Greetings Adventures podcast. Um, and so just listening to them play and have a bunch of fun with their friends made me super interested. So I reached out to my nerdy friends, um, and one had played at work with some other people, and so he, he was willing to DM for us. Um, and I don't think it was necessarily his jam to DM and you know scheduling whatever kind of didn't always line up but from like the moment i started playing i was i was hooked it was like everything i wanted it to be from what i had been listening to and more and so i just wanted to be as involved with it as i possibly could right so it sounds like you started game mastering pretty quickly after that 
yeah, so um, so that group kind of fell apart. Um, I I find I found another group to kind of you know hodgepodge together. Was this with the same friend that? Yeah. So, DM? Yep. Yep. So he, it, uh, his name's Justin. So my buddy Justin, um, our friend Drew and Brandon, and then Brandon introduced this is us to this guy Andy, who is my like saving grace in the um, in the campaign. Like he drives the <laughs> plot along. Without him, we get nothing. One better. of the good, <laughs> one of the good players. Yeah. So shout out to Andy, you know. <laughs> um, and so Brandon took over as DM first because he was interested to try it. Um, and then I don't remember why exactly, but I think I got antsy and he was curious to be a player because he never played before. Mm-hmm. He just went right into to DMing and GMing. And so we switched roles halfway through the campaign. We had a bit of a similar thing. When we started, we were playing Torg, um, and Dane was our GM. I also tried but to play he, at the same time. Which wasn't a oh, terrible idea. Hard, it worked yeah. fine. But he was like, I'm going to have a player character also and just run him as an NPC because he wanted to play. And then eventually we were like, well... We should start exploring. He wanted to play. I wanted to try game mastering. I wanted to try the storytelling side of it. And Just the two of you we started. No, no, we we were playing with some other people, yeah. um, but inconsistently. Okay. And the consistent thing was that we were always playing. The two of us were always involved. One of us as a game master, and then we started to um, we started to develop uh, adventures as a team. Mm-hmm. And we got into a thing where we were, uh, and we had a big enough party. To, yeah, like, we had a big enough party where it made sense to three split them three. up. So like we could, oh, wow. you know, instead of like the classic, oh, you get to town, what do you do? And everyone splits off, and you're like, fuck. Uh, run that. It was like, yeah, you know so what? Hard. You guys can go with Cosmo. Yeah, and here game master. So I'd run half the party because we. Well, we're doing something else. That's cool. And simultaneous. Then, and you guys play in person, so like physically. Yeah, we were physically like at the same place, and we'd like have a group in one side of the room, and the other group would go to the other room, and that's cool because yeah. it even feels. It feels separated, right? or it feels like you're in a different spot, and you get mm-hmm. to come back and tell each other like kind of what happened. Like, yeah. And so both of us wanting to play, but also both of us not being able to get away from the like the writing and designing element. And that's also how Two-Headed Game Master, mm-hmm. name of the show, that's what we called the style of game mastering where we would, we were running a thing for sometimes as many as seven people, which just seems absolutely fucking insane. Yeah. Uh, but we're like, well, we can break that down. We'd be like, well, you lead this group over here, and we would just split up who ran which parts of the adventure, which was kind of cool, but also we couldn't keep a group that big focused for very long. It's so hard. Yeah. It's because the minute all that, that entire group gets into combat, it's like everybody's just like zoning out until their turn happens, yeah. and then you gotta get them up to speed. Like, Wait, so what's happening? Is that guy still alive? Who got hit last? And then scheduling, too. We'd have like, you know, we had a couple really great like all-day play sessions mm-hmm. um but that's when it was new to everybody yeah and then after that we're like well the honeymoon phase right? it's not reasonable to expect everyone to commit an entire day of their week for to sure. this and for sure but yeah so that's how you got into game mastering which so how did you find thing. the transition from player to game master uh did you have like enough experience with the system as a player to just like hop right into it or did you have to do a bunch of research um well so i've been listening to the podcast which you kind of like gleam information yeah, off yeah. of right a little, mm-hmm. little here and there yeah and then um yeah being a player you kind of pick up and you and you see and why i wanted to transition was because as a player i was like 
I see how that's going. But now I think it should go this way, you know? And like mm-hmm. anybody who knows me knows that I'm a bit of a control freak. Um, so when I jumped into it, I was lucky enough that my players were still relatively inexperienced. And so I got away with, you know, like fudging a bunch of stuff. Sure. Um, and to this day, like if they're listening, I still fudge a bunch of stuff. And they <laughs> it's know it, it's right? all pretend anyway. It's all pretend yeah. anyway. And the point, like what I ultimately came to, because in the beginning I was like watching a bunch of like Matt Colville videos, who's awesome. If you ever watched him, he's an amazing DM. I've seen a few, uh, but through him I went to Dale Kingsbill's videos. Okay, I haven't I seen think those. She's... Oh, you should check. Oh her yes, out. yes, yes, yes. I have seen some of those. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyways, so I was like really like um, concerned with being this like awesome DM and doing mm. everything right. And what I learned was very quickly is they don't really care if you're doing everything right. They care that they're having fun. Yeah. And so I know, yeah. I know, despite, you know, how it sound on this podcast, like, I know how to have fun. Right? <laughs> so, so uh, that's just what I shoot for now is, like, you know, because there's so much to learn when you're playing Dungeons and & Dragons. Like, mm. and not just, like, in the mechanics, but in the lore, you know? Yeah. Well, that's a terrific subway, segue into kind of the meat of this conversation. Um so you started with D and D five E. I listened as a, to as a player, 4E, but you, I played five okay. E. Yeah. So your experience as a player and GM DM is exclusively five E. Yes. Okay. Um, so the the accessibility and the complexity that's the the thing we want to focus on tonight. How it just in general did you find that? And here we have different editions. I don't know how familiar you are with that with editions you didn't play, but uh, I mean, not like uh, other than like, you know, I was a listener to 4E for a while. So 4E, from my understanding, and I'm sure, you know, people will be sending you a lot of hate mail. But like, I'm actual, sure people know more about it. Well, our right? our address is yeah. <laughs> 555 the trash can outback <laughs> for all you want to send us hate yeah. mail. Hang on, let me write that down. <laughs> um, just kidding, it's in my Google Maps. <laughs> The uh, garbage can out back. Yeah, yeah. So if there's an echo, that's why the like, <laughs> aluminum garbage can. Um, no. So listening to four E, you realize that, like, um, for example, if I attack you, my attack might be against like your reflex, mm-hmm. right? So we have to take your reflex stat against my attack roll, right, or my spell roll. But this other spell I cast might be against your. Um, like AC proper, okay. right? And so you're constantly having to compare different stats to like roles. And so how they fixed it in 5e, which I think is a much simpler math system, and the numbers are much, much lower, is that in 5e, um, it's always AC. Always AC. And if it's not AC, then you as the person being attacked, you do like a save throw, right? For so for our stat. listeners unfamiliar with D&D, what is AC? Stand yeah, for. cool. So AC is armor class. So armor it's basically class. like the ability for... How the, hard it is to get hit. Yeah, well, I'm, and different people think of it in different ways, but I, I think traditionally it's like how difficult it is to hit you. To hit a character. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Much, very, much simpler it sounds like. Yes, it is. Okay. I think at least. But there are still diehard 4E fans. A lot of, from what I understand, the 3.5 um, fan base was more excited by um, 5 because there are folks who never transitioned to 4 because they liked 3.5 so much, and I guess they were happier about 5. Again, you're going to get a lot of angry mail in your trash can, um, but that's just my understanding. But there's a lot of, I mean, it's been around for so long, and I know there's also the old school renaissance, which uh, 
I never played AD and D, but uh, yeah, no, no. I know some people really, really like that version of the game. But also, they talk about how inaccessible the original version of it is. So there's a whole community around like simplifying or making more accessible the old version of the oldest versions of D and D because they like that version best. I don't know. Yeah, I, I it's sorry. I uh, well, I just I don't know anything about that other than it exists. I've seen you know people talking about it, but it took me a while before I didn't know what OSR stood for on the internet. Sure, for the longest time, and then it's like okay, people like this retro version of D anD D a lot, so much so that some of the most homebrew content out there is specifically designed for this. You know, older version been around, and, and it has been around for a long time. So there's a lot of content about it. And I understand people's um, adherence to a specific system that they like. Sure. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, nobody wants to have to relearn something. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that gets to a a very interesting point. Um, When I was doing a little bit of research for this episode, I came across, like, how RPG is learned. Usually it's through the mentor model. Like, you have somebody who knows how to do it, and they teach you. It's very uncommon to just like pick up the advanced dungeons and dragons by yourself and learn it without having like an older brother an older friend right right you know who already knows it which is the way that me and dane learned torg is we didn't know how to do it we Mm -hmm. had to kind of just muddle through a system that wasn't the most well explained and also had inconsistencies across like different settings and stuff but Mm -hmm. really i've never played Torg. well it's it's weird and it's old not that sure. old. It's 80s or 1990. It's 1990. I looked, Bro, that's it, up. Old I looked it up before. That's old now. Um, yeah. People born in 1990 are out there buying alcohol and cigarettes. Like, <laughs> yeah. Which are bad for you. Stop doing that. No, you keep doing it. It's cool. <laughs> it makes you look cool. You'll live forever. So, so would you say you kind of had like the mentor mode of learning... Is that how you came into it? Or at yeah. one point, did you have to, like, go buy the books and teach yourself from nothing? Oh, well, yeah. So it's a little bit of both, right? So, like, I guess sort of mentored through the podcast. But but mm. what I like about learning through the podcast is that it was almost like learning by doing. You know yeah. what I mean? It mm-hmm. wasn't exactly because I wasn't actually doing it. Mm-hmm. But it's one thing for someone to sit there and explain to you, like, when you roll mm-hmm. D20 like this. Mm-hmm. No one learns that way, right? Right. So reading it in a book is equally as difficult. But to listen to people play, you can kind of fill in the gaps as you go. And then having the opportunity to play with other people, like my buddy who had played at work, my buddy Justin. Yeah, someone who does know how to play. Sort of, though. Like, he wasn't an expert either, right? Um, But he had learned kind of from people at work, and Mm -hmm. so you just kind of pass it along as you go. Yeah, because I, uh, so we did a session with Brian in D&D, everybody listening. More than um, a session, we did a whole Well, we did adventure. a whole adventure, yeah, right, right. Um, I would have been, like, completely lost if I just tried to make a character from, like, the PDF. Mm. Like, yeah. D&D Beyond's yeah, DB, made me D&D Beyond is able to play. A hell of a fucking resource, and it I is. found, but that's the next kind of thing I want to get into. Uh, as a player versus as a game master... The accessibility of D and D seems to be what well, like they've they've lowered the barrier to entry so much by making the tools of D and D Beyond available for everyone for free. Yeah, um, and you can just like mouse over stuff and it explains what it is. And yeah, you can roll on the on the you know web engine 
But without a dungeon master to run it and tie all that together, I would have still been lost. I could make a character. Mm. Sure. And that's true. I was always asking you, like, what, uh, which, which number on my sheet do you? Yeah. Need? Which, yeah, which yeah, thing yeah. is? Which thing is? important for what we're doing right now so but you almost know that as a as a dungeon master i think at least that um it's your job is to streamline the process as much as possible you're doing all the work behind the scenes right but out front you're trying to make it as seamless as possible so Mm -hmm. with you guys for example um like I knew, and there were like you guys at least have experience with RPGs. Like maybe not D and D, right? Right, with, right. With some other friends um, and my girlfriend who had never played really an RPG before, and so I knew that going in. Well, Cece actually did play Torbjorn. Oh, that's right, that's right. She told me that. She told <laughs> but me that. like one time for like an hour and a half, and then she never came back. Yeah. So. Classic Cece. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, we probably just weren't that good at it. Well, I mean, but it's also like, so, so, but when I was, you know, I, I got that campaign from, um, oh, I forget the website now, where you pay money. Roll 20 or? No, no, no. It's a, it's a great resource. Uh, I think it's, it's not DM Academy. I'll Roll, think of it. Rollgate. No, 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 no. I'm trying to think of just. <laughs> it's a website names, online where. Names of role playing websites. People can put up their campaigns. And you can download it, you know, for like donations or sometimes there's a set price. I think I paid 80 cents for it. Okay. Um, that was a set price. That was not my donation. Um, but, but. Yeah, cheapskate? Yeah. I know. Even putting it together though, you know, I knew that like, I can't approach this the same way I would approach it with my Season normal players. Player. Yeah, uh-huh. because. Um, there's a learning curve, right? So we, I don't know if you remember, we had that like session zero, uh-huh. um, where I kind of designed that encounter outside of the adventure mm-hmm. to get you guys used to like investigating things, exploring things, like getting used to me, me asking you what stats you guys have or like, mm-hmm. um, having you roll for things. Um, you separated yourself Cosmo from the party mm-hmm. and got almost killed. I did. Right. Which established very quickly that you don't separate the party because <laughs> I only had one head and yeah. two, you know what I mean? Um, and so well, also, no one followed me. That was like we should have gone. <laughs> what the thing was was there was a like there was a wreck on the side of the road, and we were supposed to help that guy. And everyone else was like, "No, we're gonna just stand under this tree and not engage with the thing we're supposed to do." In their defense, it was hot out. <laughs> so yeah, but but you need what I think, and I you know I think this goes into learning in general is you learn the best when you make mistakes. Mm. And so I think you mm-hmm. have to allow for it, especially in a mentor way of teaching, you have to allow for mistakes, and you can't punish too harshly for mistakes. So you can't play game zero like you're going to play game right. five hundred and then schwack someone in the first encounter, and that's, you're dead because that person yeah. will not come back. Well, that, yeah, that's not that fun. No, it's not and, fun, right? And that's the point of the game, too, is like, so So there are all these rules to learn. we got to figure out how these sheets work. At the end of the day, we just want to have fun. Mm. And so my thing is, and I've, I've even made little sheets for people that kind of, like, bypass those PDFs uh, just to, like, streamline the fun. Mm. Here are the numbers you need to know. When I ask you for the orange number, you just read me the orange number. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, that, you kind of led us right into it. Um, so. The idea of like the idea of learning how to do this stuff and how accessible a role playing game is or a specific edition or a system or 
you know, what role you are doing in it. Like, is it more or less accessible? Um, you're talking about a way to make something more accessible for the group that you're you're playing with. And so the idea of, like, dumbing down a system versus simplifying it. Right, so, like, dumbing down the encounter in level, or in session zero, versus just simplifying it. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you kind of explained a little bit about some of the ways you do that, but I, I want to hear, I guess, a little bit more about that. We... Um, in the system that we play, our you know our completely homemade, homebrewed system from the ground up, Eclipse Engine. If you're listening, yeah, go download it. It's on the friggin' website. What's the website? Two HGM dot com. We'll do that again at the end. Okay. Um, <laughs> but like we don't have a really set system for how to specifically balance encounters, or you know, it's a lot of kind of just like feeling stuff out, but um. More what I wanted to get at was on the on the dungeon master's side, like you talked about creating a a simplified version of the character sheet where you know yeah. you're not cutting out, you're not dumbing down the game system or really the game experience anyway. But that's a really interesting idea to be like, this is the number that I need when I ask for this. Right. So know. like you know, put you know, you got your orange number, your green number, and your red number. Oh, I need your orange number now. Yeah. yeah. Like, because what you're asking for is, you know, what's your dexterity? Exactly. You know, plus your modifier or whatever. And, and I wrote that in there, like, orange was dex or whatever, mm-hmm. and strength was green. But especially for, like, that was a one-shot I ran for um, a buddy, his girlfriend, who was also my friend, and then another friend. And none of them had any interest playing after that evening. So it wasn't like we had this long-running, mm-hmm. like, whatever. It was, like, a pure one-shot. Just meant to be fun, like a reason to like hang out and food and be with each other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I knew that we couldn't waste a bunch of time getting familiar with the sheet. And what's great about those sheets is, um, for those of you who haven't seen them, is on the left side there's all your stats, right? And in D and D you have your base stats. So like my strength is um, so anything that's ten is like the that's the core base, right? Mm-hmm. So ten is normal. Ten is normal. That's like what a normal person right. has. So Less than that are, is worse. Com- yeah, exactly. So commoners are ten, 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 ten. I think all the way across the board. I think. So, anything above that, you get what's called a modifier, and that's a little circle underneath the stat, right? And so, it, every time you go up by two, you get a modifier of one, and this is where it gets like already people are like mm-hmm. going to sleep, right? <laughs> um, and when so you go up level two levels. When you go up two. Two levels in the stat. Two levels in the, the stat. The modifier goes up to one. So, for example... So, dex of 12 is a modifier of plus one? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, um, so that's on the left hand side of the sheet. In the middle is kind of like um, you have your death saving throws and your AC, and um, down at the bottom is like your weapons and inventory, and the right-hand side are like character traits, and like this and that and this and that. And, that. Mm-hmm. and that's great. That's great and really helpful. But it's kind of like... Um, having like a really nice car with like one of those computers in it. Mm-hmm. Like I got, I got one in mine. It's not mm-hmm. like really nice, but it, it, I got a little computer in mine. I don't know everything that the computer does, <laughs> but like it makes it warmer sometimes. It makes it colder sometimes. Yeah. And I can get my Bluetooth to work. <laughs> that's all I needed to do right. because that's the kind of experience I'm trying to have in my car. Mm. Similarly, that sheet should be used as such, right? Like there are sometimes you're playing that game and you just need to know like, my orange decks is this many. My whatever is this many. Mm-hmm. So I just wrote plus two, plus one, zero, 
whatever. So that I said roll and now add your add the modifier your modifier to yeah. it or whatever. That seems like just good general advice, and this isn't necessarily a tips and tricks episode, but uh, it is now. But put it on the board, friggin' like ask for that instead, because you know we've we've had situations where, um, well, you've you've played some Eclipse Engine games with us. You yeah. and CC have played, um, and we've played with some more of our friends, and some of our friends you included, and then uh, some some other people in another group have. A little experience with like Pathfinder or something, sure. and then it's not; it doesn't function the same way in the Eclipse engine. So we'll be like, "Okay, give me a roll for that," and they'll roll a d twenty, and then they'll like look and be like, "Okay, my uh, dexterity is nine or whatever," and that number means a different thing in the Eclipse engine. Right. So they'll add nine to their d twenty roll and be like, "So I got this," and we'll be like, mm. "Let me back up real quick, yeah, and just tell me what your." Dex is, so that I can compare it to the difficulty and find out what role you need to roll. Training ourselves to um, only ask for the thing that we needed from our players, so that they didn't get confused by the information on their sheets. That's something that you know, for the sake of accessibility, we had to do, and you know, is something that I think should always kind of strive for. There yeah. can be a lot of, and more so on the GM side. But certainly on the player side as well, there can be a lot of information that doesn't apply on your character sheet. There could be numbers or whatever that you don't need right now. Yep. So being clear about what is needful for the situation, that seems pretty critical to people not being put off by the system itself. People being able to access it in the first place. Explain clearly what you need so that um, so you get that number quickly, and then you can just, you know, roll the roll, see if it fails or not. Right. And then move on with telling the story. Because that's what you want to do is have fun telling a story. Telling a story. I agree. Here. I agree. Um, and I feel like you don't... Oh, no, I lost my train of thought. You don't... Um, <laughs> That's all right. Ah, shit, sorry. I, some, like, you... Oh, 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 you you were so... The idea of accessibility and, like, what's needed, what's needful is what you said, yeah. right? So that also, like, I think any GM, DM worth their weight is always considering their player, right? Mm. So I not only, like, you know, your character, you know, whoever, like Baby Christmas but also the person who plays that character, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I know Baby Christmas likes to do these kinds of things, but I know Brian, the mm-hmm. player, likes to do these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to build the encounter this way, or, like, they're going to go to this cave, and this cave is really going to be Brian's jam. Like, maybe it's not for Cosmo sure. this time, right? Yeah. But the same applies to accessibility, right? Is Again, as a GM, it's your job to kind of take on the brunt, and that's, I think, what is good about your system is a lot falls back into the GM's lap. So whereas, like, all I need you to do is roll that die, read that number, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to tell you what happens. Yeah. You don't have to worry about, like, did I meet it? Did I beat it? Where are we at? Like, what's its AC? What's, you know what I mean? I, like, yeah. Um, it streamlines it for the player. Um, a concern and a question I have is, like, does that make more work than for the GM? I would say our system is pretty, like, 
all of it kind of falls on the GM. All of it falls on the GM anyway, but um, there there's less in the Eclipse engine that a player can do to like mitigate that. All you can do is just tell me what your stats are, which I like because then you focus on roleplay. You focus on being your character. Yeah, and, and your decision-making rather than your like stat-checking. Yes. Oh, I like that. That's really good. Yeah. That's really good. Because, right, like, so balancing accessibility with, like, complex systems, right? Because you want to tell a good, complex, meaty story. Yes. Right? But it also needs to be accessible to your players, right? So how I balance that is I think of it as the the code is more of what you call guidelines than actual rules. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love right? that. Because, like, you know, you got to be flexible as a GM in any game. Mm -hmm. You know, Dungeons & Dragons, Eclipse, whatever, Pathfinder. Because your players are probably going to do something you didn't expect. and They ought to. Right. Yeah. Otherwise I mean, play a video game. Gonna... Yeah. Which is, you know, fine and fun. For sure. Like, do, do, do video games, but also... I do. In this, <laughs> you know, in this hobby, it's fun for... Well, the unexpected thing is what's fun. You create a situation, and like what happens is almost never what you plan for in a in a really cool way. Yes, my favorite thing. I know this is some somewhat off topic. But my favorite thing is to throw a puzzle at my players without a solution. Like I just <laughs> say, like here are the the parts, or here are the here's the riddle, mm -hmm. and then I just I just give it. But to there them. is no answer. I have no answer in my head. And so I just wait until they come up with the like the something most good. Yeah. yeah, something good. And then I say, Yeah, man, that's it. Like, <laughs> yep. All right. That was such a good puzzle you came up with. Like, Big yeah, brain. Bro, I'm a genius. <laughs> I'm a genius. But it's a collaborative game, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you need to make it as accessible to your collaborators so that you get the best product out of what it is you're trying to accomplish. You said something a second ago, and I can't remember what it is, but uh, I wrote I, down I what it, can't either, so. <laughs> I wrote down what it made me think of because I want to, I don't want to move past it, and this is something that me and Dane have talked about a little bit, um, and probably merits its own episode, its own in-depth discussion. But I'm curious what you think. So, with the idea of accessibility in mind, how much information do you think is like? How much information should you be sharing with your players? Mm -hmm. Like, if they're in a fight or something, you you just described a really interesting example where, you know, you're not going to tell them what the actual answer is. You're going to hide the truth of that behind there not being any right answer, <laughs> which is fun. Yeah, there but, not being an answer. Uh, but, like, in a fight, should you tell them, um, you know, should you tell them, like, how much damage they're doing, how much, how close the monster is to being dead? Should you tell them whether or not a thing succeeded or should you just say what happens and have them like work out how successful their thing was i think it depends. like how much of the mechanics should you share with your players yeah i mean i, I think my default is always to shroud the mechanics in in storytelling yeah story. so like you know uh you know they roll the 17 or whatever and the ac is that armor class is 20 mm -hmm. it's like oh you sw you swing really hard um but it glances off the the bugs you know yeah. hard exterior or whatever right so now they know like a 17 won't hit right mm -hmm. um i mean sometimes i'm tired to say a 17 doesn't hit <laughs> <laughs> but i think it depends on the stakes right uh -huh. so for example my players went up against a lich way under leveled um and so I did. I did a lot of like um, 
I guess what you call it, foreshadowing, mm-hmm. to where they encountered NPCs who were like, oh yeah, like a bunch of adventurers who looked just like you and had the exact same equipment y'all had did not come back. From that <laughs> a lot of signposting to lich. like, yeah. you're not ready yet. Yes, and then um, I had one of them found a book about liches. <laughs> and so I was literally sending him messages. We play online. I was literally sending him messages. Like, like from the monster manual? From, yeah, like, yeah, like, here's, here's, like, stat block information. And then I wrote, like, and fighting in its lair is a terrible idea. <laughs> literally, like, word for word, it is a terrible idea to fight a lich in its lair. Um, because the stakes were, if they went and did it, there's a chance that one of them would die. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with killing players, but I'm not okay with killing players who didn't know that death was on Sure, table. right. And so at one point, I even sent them all, like, individual messages, like, just so you know, um, you might die. Like, are you okay with your player dying? What does that mean to you? If that's mm-hmm. not okay, let's talk about, like, some alternatives or whatever. Um, so, <laughs> but, like, if it's a puzzle and... They're, you know, ultimately they're going to get through it. And, like, the worst that happens is maybe one of them falls, you know, unconscious or whatever. Like, right. Let them figure it out. I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But if, if the if death is on the table, I feel like it needs there needs to be some really explicit stuff. But outside of that, you would say generally you don't share the mechanics behind the DM screen. You kind of cloak the results in narration. Yeah, because it, it's a, you know, we're playing, it's a story, it's a movie. Mm-hmm. We're all trying to keep it in our head. And so the minute I say, uh, you know. Uh, it, it has this much. It ha- yeah, or, or say something like, um, oh, it's it's uh, it's resistant to necrotic damage. Mm-hmm. Then like, I made a face, people can't see it. I made a face. <laughs> but it's like, now I'm not in the story. I'm not in combat anymore. Right, I'm now you're like, now you're, like, you're looking your at the code in the Matrix. Exactly. Like, all right, yeah, well, this, exactly. this you know, Pokemon not... rock, paper, scissors doesn't work. Exactly. I gotta think of a different you're one. You're not exactly. seeing the woman in the red dress, you're seeing just the green coat. It's Brian wearing a, wet, a red dress, <laughs> and he did not shave his legs. <laughs> <laughs> My legs are very hairy, for those playing the home game. Mm-hmm. Weird mess of a... Matrix ref. Well, pretty yeah. good. <laughs> oh, was, it was Roger Rabbit. I thought it was. No, he was. That was the Matrix when he's like, "Oh, you were looking at the woman," and then the agent has a gun in his face. And Neo was in a red dress. Neo was Pervin. I'm just, I'm just. Fucking <laughs> with you, right? that's, that's fine. Um, <laughs> it goes RPGs and then movies for me. Those are my two passions. The, the I things. love movies. <laughs> Yeah, you never get any of our references. Because I don't love movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's because he was lying. That's, That's his lying. actual fucking passion, <laughs> is to lie and tell lies to I've us. actually never played Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> That's how fucking good I am. Much like my players, I came here with no solution. And I'm just going to let you fuckers figure it out. <laughs> All right, so anyways, uh, <laughs> got a little, little digression. Uh, but... Let's just move it right along. So we promised uh, to share something new with you listeners, mm-hmm. and to Brian as well. It's semi-new. Uh, something we concocted, RPG Lite. Now this is distinct from things you might you know, go on the internet looking for role-playing game material and find things that are codified as like rules light or, uh, you know, even the term RPG Lite I've seen thrown around a few times, but right. what we have, what we call RPG Lite, is just what we consider to be the most simple and the most accessible version of a role-playing game 
Um, and we thought it was apt since we wanted to talk about accessibility specifically tonight. Um, then we'd share this with you. So, I don't know. Dane, well, uh, how, tell us. Let's, let's talk about what our RPG light is and how we came to it. So, the story behind it is we were in a car road tripping up to Wyoming and we live in Colorado. So it's not like, you know, three days of a road trip, but like we're in the car a couple hours. What are we going to do? And at that time we were pretty hot on Torg yeah. and we wanted to role play. And I was like, and I think we had brought our like suitcase of Torg stuff. I can't remember, but, but the point is, is well, my, like, there was game like ten fucking books to yeah. play Torg. No shit. Yeah. yeah. So we had like no. a case with like a DM screen and you know dice and paper and stuff. But also, uh, there's two books. There's a rule book and a player handbook. And then every setting in Torg has a separate rule book slash like setting book for it. And you need all Anyways, of them. The point is, there's is, a lot of material. Everything has its own rules. And then it's, okay. You know, the and, point is, there's you know, a lot of material. Yeah. Sure. So. Like, oh, it'd be real fun to roleplay right now, except for, like, we're in a car, a moving car, and, like, there's not enough room, and, like, you know, there's it's just, you can't play with books and, like, you know, roll your dice, and, like, it's possible. It's possible, but it's hard. Yeah. So we're like, oh, well, let's just really distill what, like, the mechanics are, and, like, we can get some easy mechanics. We can download a dice app on our phone with the, like, two bars of service we have, and boom, let's kick it off. So, we were driving up to the Eclipse, which is why it's called the Eclipse Engine. What was that? What? It's because the Eclipse Engine comes... 16 or 17, when the the big, cool Eclipse happened. So, the Eclipse Engine comes from RPG Lite. That's cool. And we were driving to see the Eclipse. And that was cool. cool. But we were... So... There's no, like, first of all, we took away, like, players, most of the players' stats are, like, because, like, you don't need a sheet necessarily to represent all your characters, or your characters, you know, you don't need a list of your charisma and whatever, right? Just imagine that whatever story you're telling, imagine kind of get a baseline, right? So, mostly on the GM again. So, the difficulties, you have a d20 that you roll. Trivial task, roll a two or better gets it. Easy task, five or better. A moderate difficulty is ten or better. Skilled, 14. Heroic, 18. Legendary, you need a 24. Mm-hmm. Right? So the game master will assign difficulties. So like, if you're, if you're a thief, a career thief, picking a lock for you should be easy. Yeah. That should be like a thing that just fits easily into your skill set. So. Sure. If your skilled career thief is picking a lock, you shouldn't have to roll very high Mm -hmm. to do that. Right. And so, like, your character has 20 total points to spend on abilities and gear. So, like, say you're playing a thief. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get myself a fair quality, which costs five points, fair quality lock picking set. Mm -hmm. So. Wait, wait, what do you mean it costs five points? So. You get a total of 20 points to outfit to your character. Yeah, yeah. to spend oh, Just like the Eclipse engine. Oh, okay, all right, all right, yeah. Right, but this is for skills they, and gear. And they go up on quality, so, like, they could be a lock-picking kit, mm-hmm. or they could be, like, detective training. And you're like, I have terrific detective training, I'm going to spend a little bit of these points, 
be like, that is a thing that is for sure an aspect of my character. I see. So you, you either buy attributes or equipment mm -hmm. that uh, enhances right. your right. abilities. So, like, you know, say you're not a thief. You're, you're, um, you're an accountant. But you also want to pick locks in this adventure. <laughs> so I'm going to, you know, have a hobby. I'm going to spend some points on a lockpicking, like, skill. Or, sure. you know, a hobby. I practice lockpicking. I subscribe to Safe Magazine or whatever, you know. Sure. A hot read, by the way, for our listeners, if you haven't picked it up, Safe Magazine. Safe Crackers safe, Magazine. Safe, safe Crackers, safe crackers magazine. Quarterly. There are a lot of... Uh, <laughs> A lot of fragile white people who buy that magazine and are sorely disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> right, so this is this is something you can play like in the car because that's where we came up with it. Um, oh, say you're camping and you didn't backpack in all your freaking books and whatever, but like, hey, I got a dice app on my phone. Let's sit around the campfire and do a little do a little storytelling. I like it. And what it is in actuality is is just improving the story. Yeah. But that's all most role playing is anyway. That's how and we've we play. just mostly taken away the uh, the mechanics and the numbers. Right. So you got you got your roll. You got to roll a d twenty to do things and leave it up to the game master to decide what what is a rollable action like opening a door. Mm -hmm. Probably you don't roll for that. I mean uh, anybody can open a door. Also on that same vein. Uh, like your gear, if like you don't need to pay points for shoes or right. uh, like to wear a hat yeah. or whatever. Yeah, you know, like pair, how much is a pair of Jordans? How many? Well, like if that's a cool thing about your character, then yeah, spend some points. I on have, it and be like, this is Jordans. gonna this is gonna impact how I play them, and also I want it to like factor into their ability to succeed. These, in roles. these are actually the Michael Jordan shoes, yeah. so <laughs> I get bigger hops. Which was uh, that was a whole movie. Right, so you know, like say you're no, playing holes. two detectives. <laughs> detectives Bottles. carry guns, so like you don't need to spend points on a gun unless you want, like, oh, I got a tricked-out gun. So yeah. because you're a detective, mm -hmm. it's assumed you have a gun. Right. Yes. Which is going to come from you know whatever story the game master is telling you. Like mm -hmm. you are these sort of characters in this situation. We'll play our quick adventure. A lot of what you have and your abilities are just going to be baked in from what that is. So if we're playing like a noir, yeah. then Dane can't be a knight. No. No. That... Well, I mean, like, you could allow that, I guess, but like that's not the point of it. The point is to come up with a yeah, mm. a quick, like self-contained adventure that has like its own internal cohesion. Mm. Which is how that works And, it. and you yeah. could you could it's do a one a, shot essentially. You could do yeah. a classic like Yeah. One. It's and like usually they're like thirty minutes. You know, this one because we're going to do one. Yeah, so we're, we're going to actually yeah, gonna see how this one. works. I'm excited. Um, <laughs> so it's going to be, you know, fitting in into the episode. So it's not going to be three hours long and maybe, you know, whatever. It's going to be short and chained. Every time I say a cuss word, just splice in a roll that I instead. <laughs> <laughs> Expletive deleted. All right. So let's start the role-playing RPG light session, I mean. All right. So the setting is you two, Cosmo and Brian, you are gas station attendants. Oh, yeah. But not us, us, our characters. Our, your characters. Your characters are gas station attendants or trucker stop attendants. Okay. Well, those are two different places. I know. So I'm um, being stop. more specific. Okay, okay. You're stop. at a truck stop. 
All right. Okay. You are the attendants at a truck stop, and it's a small truck stop on an old trucking route that has been made obsolete by the new toll road. Nope. You're in Missouri, at the bottom of Missouri. All right. Is, so, is this in current day or is this in the afterlife? This, uh, true. Okay, good, good call. Uh, it is in this world, but uh, late eighties. Okay. Uh, late eighties. Yes. Late so 80s. like eighty-eight or eighty-nine. Before or after the fall of the wall. Before. Okay. All right. So it's that's really up. important to my character. Um. Have you guys talked about Afterlife on the podcast? Just as not not the we, setting. It's been a mention, but uh, we haven't gone into a deep dive of our original post-apocalypse uh, role-playing. It's setting. so good. <laughs> it's so good. It was my favorite thing. Like the mechanics are really interesting, and I want to get to know them more. But what kept me coming back was like the setting of the world because it's you want to talk about like accessibility and it's. Accessible in that, like, you're in the United States. Mm-hmm. So you understand the geography if you understand the United States geography, right? So if you live here, you understand how, like, the country is set up, right? And you know where the mountains are, you know where, like, it's dry, mm-hmm. you know where it's not, right? But it's different enough that you don't just feel like it goes right down the life. Yeah, 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 right? Um, mm-hmm. And it it kind of, like, expands upon, like... Um, history, which I really like, some history nerd, and I don't know, I just like it a lot. We don't have to keep talking about after like <laughs> I say we, like you guys are saying. It. Oh shit, I wasn't supposed to do that. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> God, I'm the worst guest. <laughs> Remember that one time and only time we had Brian on the podcast? I don't think it's gonna be the only time, pal. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, because I mean, no one else will answer our messages. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So I win by default. <laughs> Hooray! That's called uh, guesting on a podcast light. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, that's the setting. Um, it's it's going to be sunset-ish when you guys start. I don't know if, how that would factor into your character creation, but there it is. Uh, so remember, you have total of 20 points to spend on your character um, for, like, abilities and gear. So, like, maybe one of you carries a switchblade. That's not necessarily standard truck stop. Um, I will allow you a poor weapon of some sort behind the counter, whether that be baseball bat or gun. Mm. You know, only one for only both of one. you. No points needed. Um, should we talk about it? One each that we have to pick together? Yes. Okay. I was thinking a chair rail. Okay. Yeah, I'm done with that. Okay. Because, you know... Meth head comes in, you need something. Right? That's just standard truck stop in the eighties. I feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and what deters a meth head better than than a chair rail a upside? Ch- a chair rail upside the head. <laughs> Sit down and shut up. You know? Uh, so the poor gives me a two or a cost. Well, so that that's just an item. I just tell you what it is, right? Well, so that that item is behind the counter. You don't necessarily have that on you at this point. Behind. <laughs> okay. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna truck stop. All right, I need my stuff. Truck stop attendant. Uh huh. I've probably seen some shit. I've definitely seen some shit. 
this is great too because I get to do what I like to call the most atrocious southern accent. <laughs> <laughs> you thought you got angry letters before. You're going to get a lot of angry misspelt letters now. I think everybody got that one. Yeah. No, I, I know. I was explaining it to people who had Southern accents. Oh. Yeah. Double burn. Yeah. <laughs> Just dig it a hole. <laughs> um, oh, it's an interesting uh, setting because it's very grounded, and so there's no, like, fantasy gear to yeah. outfit with. I'm having mm-hmm. a... I'm I'm doing a little slow at it, but I'm having a fun time thinking of like what to equip or outfit. Right, you know, with, the classic uh you know, you take somebody who's really good at really fancy puzzles and you throw them a real simple one and it's like, "Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't think what to do." You know, I I don't remember what Occam's razor is. Science joke or I don't know if that counts as science. Is that almost like a philosophy? Yeah. Idea. Education joke. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, now I feel like somebody with a southern accent because you have to explain it to me. Occam's razor. Yeah. Just the simplest solution is the most likely. One. Oh, I yeah. heard. Or that. the simplest explanation. Yeah. Um. So can I say like this thing gives me resistance to like melee attacks or something? Or, like, makes me, like, have fortitude. Sure. If, yeah, yeah. If okay. Like, uh, Good. You fucking came up with that. Um, like, uh, I don't know what you're thinking of, but... Should I share? Yeah. So I, my character 100% has a beer gut. Okay. So I was thinking if I made it, like, a fair beer gut, could it give me, like, resistance to, like... To blood? getting hit in the gut? To getting hit in the gut. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can take body blows? Yeah. Alright. Okay. Not quite... So I'm gonna do like this. Or allow it. Alright, well I gotta knock one of these down. Um Okay. Good. Alright, I'm ready to go. Oh, I know what I want. I want these. And these are gonna be what's heroic cost? Thirteen. Thirteen. Shit, yeah. Sorry, I'm a little slow. <laughs> That's all right. We're oh, uh, no creating characters on the recording, so... You know. Well, this is also a great example of how quick you can create a character with RPG Lite. Yeah. And, like, maybe you guys are just fantastic character creators, but, like... It is kind of my favorite thing if I were to boil down the experience to the thing I like the most. I like writing stories, and I like, you know, designing adventures and stuff, and I love playing. Um, Running, the actual act of running, can be sometimes a chore. Yeah. But a little bit. Creating characters, especially player characters, is yeah. just I think that would hot, rank, hot shit. I think that would be number two for me. I think the best is like coming up with a very out-of-the-box solution as a player and like mm-hmm. the game master being like, uh, yeah. why don't you try it? Yeah. And then you roll like a... Just a high roll. It doesn't have to be a natty 20, but, like, natty 20 always helps, because then you're just like, doesn't matter if you didn't think that would work, because it fucking works. <laughs> uh, okay, sorry. I'm building, like, a backstory as I'm picking this stuff. That's okay. Uh, we will we will be sharing characters, so okay. come prepared to share. Um, it's not very charming. 
You want to be like anti-charming? Yeah, it's gonna be hard. For me. I feel like <laughs> I feel like being anti-charming is uh, intimidation. Yeah, like oh, good, good, good. And that's a whole another conversation about how like charisma could be sometimes run backwards. You know, like you could reduce it, and you're like, mm-hmm. well, he's anti-charismatic or yeah, anti-charming, as you just said. Right. So his low charisma is actually yeah. a bonus. And to so his actually, like, switch the two things around and be like, well. Since you're doing anti-charisma, instead of, you know, your stat against his, it's his against yours, and the role is actually super fucking easy for you, or yeah. just hard for him. Yeah. So I'm just putting, like, adjectives <laughs> yeah. about him, and then labeling their, like, like total, like, poor, very right. excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then fine. I'm just going to use them to my advantage, yeah. or disadvantage, um, as we play. So that left me down to two, so I got one more thing to do. He, let's throw a surprise. Let's throw a curveball surprise. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, I like curveballs. I also like uh, training or equipment or, like, skills that turn out to be absolutely useless. <laughs> That's going to be this one, because he... Um, all right. All right, so, you guys, small truck stop mm-hmm. on a... Two-lane highway, and it hasn't seen much love because uh, the uh, fancy big toll roads got put in about 15 years ago. So, like, there's cracks in the pavements, kind of overgrown. Um, you know, Missouri, uh, I don't know, deciduous forest kind of, you know, southern temperate. So, who do we have working this truck stop? Cosmo, why don't you go first? Okay. So my uh, my truck stop employee. My guy is uh, Doug McKenzie, um, and he's a high school hockey star who, like, hockey. had a, you know, had a scholarship. Everything was looking great. Um, but then, like, last game of his senior year, he broke his collarbone, and he, like, lost it. Hate to see it. So he's now just, like, a really jaded and like bummed out kind of burnout guy in in his youth he's already a burnout um and he's just kind of like a petty criminal nobody in town around here and he can't really get away but his dad is a hometown cop so he gets kind of a little bit of special treatment which is not police or sheriff uh like like local sheriff okay but he doesn't have a free pass. Like, he's always in trouble, and him and his dad hate each other, and it's miserable at home. Oh, but, shit. uh, you know, he's never really, like, gone down for any of the dumb shit he pulls. Sure. Which, you know, isn't great for his personal development. He's kind of a shithead. All right. What's, uh, what's he outfitted with? All right. He has a pair of knuckle dusters. Knuckle dusters. Um, at, uh, five <laughs> points, so fair. Uh, he also has just, like, a skill. Which I'm calling locker boxing as a as a high school hockey guy. Locker so, boxing. Yeah. Nice. He can he can handle himself in a fight and the knucks also, you know, that's not a hockey thing. That's just but, for damage to Yeah. Me. Um he also just like it's kind of a core tenet of his identity. He has a drinking skill. <laughs> okay. he, he drinks a lot. Uh, how many? What level was the locker boxing? Uh, seven. That's so good. Excellent. He's that. he's excellent at locker boxing and he's fair at drinking. <laughs> this is how boxing the D and D I was. I was like trying to translate everything in my head of like, okay, this is really good charisma. Like, <laughs> I really like it. 
That's so good. Drinking is so good. Um, Not for you But, guys. like, high school drinking, you know? He's, yeah. like, he plays it with 40 hands and body. he kicks ass at it. Uh, but also he's a fucking asshole. I don't condone that. <laughs> uh, and then last, he has a poor uh, Letterman jacket because he never stopped wearing it, but I'm calling that a, um, like, a bad piece of armor. Okay. <laughs> well, it's leather. Yes. <laughs> leather. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's so good. All right. Man. What do you got, Brian? Uh, my guy's name is Bill Spunt. Spunt. He's a 53-year young <laughs> uh-huh. uh, assistant manager at the uh, at the, the truck stop. Do you have like a name of the truck stop? Um, 67. Texaco 67. Texaco 67. And so he's working out good because I'm going to be the shit heel new employee. Well, so he he's your ghost of uh, Christmas yet to come. Oh, no. Because he also started out of high school and has only known uh-huh. only known the truck stop. He knew it in its hay, though. So, uh-huh. so he's full of anecdotes of, like, I remember when. Um, and is very sad to see the toll road come in. Oh. But as such, he's only developed as a human who sought to be assistant manager at a truck stop. So, um, so he's fully realized. <laughs> yes, this is this is peak peak Bill Spunt. Okay. Okay. This is the zenith of like it's all downhill after this campaign. Um, so he's equipped with skills that every assistant manager of a truck shop should be, uh, and that includes decisiveness. Uh, the ability to take initiative. Are these uh, these are point values? Yes. Here. All right. So decisive, but it's poor because he's a system mm-hmm. manager. He takes initiative, also poor because he's a system manager. <laughs> he's pretty fucking grizzled. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But again, poorly. Grizzled. Grizzled. Yep. I'm curious how you're gonna work that in, but yeah, well, grizzled. You leave that up to me, sugar tits. <laughs> <laughs> then, on him, he has also a pair of brass knucks, but his are a little nicer because, again, he's the assistant manager, so they're they excellent. Excellent they're ex- The manager, of course, who never comes around, has a pair of heroic nuts. <laughs> uh, and then he has a fair beer gut. Um, and really, it should be an unfair beer gut because life is unfair, and that's mm-hmm. why Bill Spunt is where he is. <laughs> but... Curveball, uh, in his free time, which he doesn't have much of because, again, he's assistant manager, uh, Bill is a model train enthusiast, and that is a poor skill he has. That kicks ass. Model trains. Model trains. He has poor skill in model trains. <laughs> I'm going to work that in real hard. All right. So, let's get started. Mine's already good. <laughs> Next time, you're no. Yeah. Yeah. That means there's going to be a next All right. time. So, as I said, uh, it's sunset. And business as usual for the for the day. Like, maybe one trucker has come by. Um, probably, you know, had some suspicious cargo. Because, like, again, if you're on the up and up, just take the, the fancy toll road take that toll saves road. like 30, 40 minutes, which is a big deal if you're, you know, doing a 24 hour run. So, sunsets, you guys are doing your thing. Maybe, you know, assistant manager has told you to restock the shelves or, you know, whatever. I'm doing it grudgingly. 
that Hormel chili ain't gonna stock itself. Mm. Also, uh, behind the counter, uh, you might be. Uh, Bill might be behind the counter. There is like, um, you know, like an FM radio behind the counter that you guys like tune up. Probably you choose the station because you're assistant manager. If I'm 50 in the 80s, I, I think I'd prefer an AM radio. Yeah, I think he would. FM AM radio. Well, I think they made a switch at some point. And I would prefer, you know, an FM station that played some, I guess what it would be, like modern hits, modern rock hits. You know? yeah, some... yeah. Doug's, like, he's a bit of a metalhead. Sure. You know, but I don't know if Bill would... No. Indulge. We don't no. listen to that devil bullshit in here. It's a God-fearing gas station. <laughs> well, I need two channels on the FM. I just have one ear. I need mono AM only. You got two stupid ears, old man. And it ain't devil music. Well, it ain't Gershwin. So, uh, you guys also, if you look out the window occasionally, uh, which you probably do at some point, uh, old Trixie. Uh, the rundown hooker that, you know, <laughs> she runs the truck stop. It's never good when you become a rundown. <laughs> rundown hooker. Well, that's why, you know, she's working here. Uh, so Trix is out there. Of course, you know, there's only been one truck all day. Uh, you, Cosmo, you, um, continue your medial task doing whatever, right? And, uh, oh, look at this. A truck rolls in. Nice big 18-wheeler. Rolls in. It goes past the gas pumps and just kind of, like, stops. And, you know, you hear a whistle. And, no, oh, Trixie runs over. Oh, just, just picking up old Trixie. Uh, can I pop a shifty? Can okay. I pop a percepti, I guess? Because mm -hmm. um, in my um, premature burnout existence, I'm not above mugging someone. Okay. Uh, and this sort of, like, off-the-beaten-path place. Like, I might just, like, mug a guy on his way, bet like, between the gas station, between the bathroom and his truck. Okay. If I feel like I can get away with it. Sure. Can you? Well, well we'll let's find out. <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to scope out the new arrival and see sure. what I can. Uh, so, yeah. I don't have any real, like, specific things that would help me with that, but... Okay. Bill is just going about his business. He stopped looking out the window years ago. <laughs> but I do petty crime sometimes. Uh, so that's a nine. A nine. So, you do get a good look. Uh, the trucker seems about your size, so, like, maybe take him in a fair fight. But, like, uh, if he's stopping here, he's probably packing heat. Mm -hmm. Also, um... Trixie beat you up a couple weeks ago, <laughs> so <laughs> don't you don't want to mess with her. Told that boy to keep his head down. Both of them. Both of them. Yeah. All right. Damn. All right. Well, I go back to stocking. All right, Bill. Uh, you're listening to the radio, and you hear uh, interruption of your regular programming. A public announcement that. The suspect of the Mark Twain Forest National Forest, right? So you guys are by the Mark Twain National Forest. And we would know that. Yes. Our characters would. Yes. I personally am not so familiar with So the suspect of the Mark Twain National Forest serial murders mm. was apprehended earlier, but killed the four police officers and is at large right now. So that is right in your area. He was arrested for multiple murder murders and cannibalism. Fuck. 
Wait, you said he killed cops and escaped? He yes. killed his... Okay, so they tried to arrest him. So they him. arrested him. Some... On, on some road going to the precinct, probably to your town. Mm. He killed his escorts... Uh, escorts? Not uh-huh. escorts. His escorts. Okay, so he was escaped. in custody. Yes. Killed, like... Killed his handlers and escaped right. so be on the okay. lookout like that's what the public service announcement is is be on the lookout for this man oh boy uh so like he's he's, he's in your shot right Doug's in your shot you can probably hear it as well mm, do you turn it up yeah I turn it up I turn it up and then I yes you can okay. hear it too so quiet your pining boy listen <laughs> sounds important that's nearby us ain't nothing nearby us old man <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then your scheduled programming comes back on, and you maybe turn the radio down, or maybe you crank it up a couple more notches to annoy the youngin. This Buddy Holly is real rock and roll. <laughs> he was blind, I think. Right, time time passes, uh, and the sun dips behind the the trees and the foliage, and it starts to get a little dark. And um, maybe if you're still curious about that truck, you peek out the window again, and, oh, Trixie hasn't come out yet, so, like, having a good time in there. Was there a description on the radio of what the person looked like, the serial killer? You must have missed it. Mm -hmm. Would, uh, could I... Or they didn't give one. Could I dredge up in my memories what I have seen, perhaps, this fella, like, in the news, on a paper or a television? Okay. All right. Let me just do a quick remembery. Uh, 16. Well, you remember pretty well. Uh, so it's a recent break. It was in, like, yesterday's newspaper. And uh, there was no picture. But the description was a tall man with no ears. <laughs> with a very pale complexion. <laughs> well, that... <laughs> Do you relay that to me? Um... I don't feel like I why don't would. You, at why don't you point. roll up yeah. for like how up are you on the news? Yeah, because I don't think I'd be sharing that information. I would just remember the case and roll like, a twelve. You also remember seeing the the news stories okay. about this, and like this has been going on for months. Like people, hikers, uh, you know, enjoyers the of the national murders. forest have been going missing and coming up with with bites in them. And uh, they finally caught the guy, apparently. But then he escaped. Well, we'll just keep an eye out for him. Should stick out like a sore thumb. Keep an eye out for who? The guy without ears who looks like a thumb. (laughs) (laughs) So the sun's gone down and it's getting pretty dark. And uh, all of a sudden, you guys hear a blood-curdling scream. (laughs) (laughs) You just blacked out the recording. Sweet. <laughs> Coming from the truck. Oh. From the truck? From the truck. Oh. That Trixie's in? Yes. So you guys... What, when when you saw the... Uh, well, I, well, no, I wouldn't ask you. Like, <laughs> when you saw the... When he saw the guy, did he see what he looked like? He said he's about his size, right? So that doesn't mean he's not tall. Yeah. Um, but when I did that, I didn't notice anything else about it. Correct. Um, I feel like Doug wouldn't want to be bothered with this. 
and so I'll uh, like I'll stand up from my from my shelf stocking mm. and have a look, I guess, and see what I can see. All right. All right. So you see coming out the back of the truck, like bursting out, is the trucker with like his pants like around his ankles, and he's like you know stumbles and falls <laughs> out like of the back of the truck, and like looks back and like starts running. Oh boy. And then, like, he gets, like, so, like, running across, like, where the lights are for the gas pumps and stuff, and he, like, gets onto the road and just starts hoofing it down the road, and, like, now he's, like, just out of light. Then, you see a blur come from the back of the truck around, like, it doesn't pass through the lights, but, like, you can see, like, oh, there's there's that trucker's shadow, he's still running, and it catches the, the trucker. Fuck. The blur catches the trucker. Yes. When you say the back of the truck, do you mean the back of like the trailer truck? Yeah. Or, like the the. So they the were trailer. fucking around in the trailer. Yeah. The trucker runs out the back of the trailer, yes. and the blur follows him. Yes. Okay. But unless you're looking out the window, I am not looking out the window. You don't see. I, this. I just want to make sure in Brian's head it's all clear. But you don't no, see Bill this. hasn't looked out the window in twenty years. Okay. Well, I run over to the window to see. So the blur that caught the trucker. Can I see them like on the ground? Kind of looks like they're just standing next to each other, looking at each other. Oh, oh fuck. Um, I say, uh, old man. Maybe we should call it cops. Something's going on out here. Um, I look up briefly from the paperwork that I'm doing behind the counter. I say, maybe we should just mind our own goddamn business and lock the door. Doug is amenable to that. So I slide over on the big front window to the front door and I just click it shut. Keep an eye on it, boy. Uh, And I keep an eye on it. All right. uh, So... You're you're keeping an eye on it, and it looks like they stand there for like a good ten minutes, looking at each other. They're just looking at each other. Yeah. Again, for my head, not for Bill's. Yes. They're just looking at each other, and then like after ten minutes, which like they're just staring at each other. You know, and you're like, what the fuck is happening? Uh, has the trucker still got his pants around his ankles? Yes. Uh, and is the the shape like a woman shape? No. It's not a so it's not Trixie, or it no. doesn't look like it would be a, a lady. No. Interesting. So, uh, so then you like blink, and the the second figure is gone. It's just the trucker left standing there with his pants around his ankles, and he kind of like steps out of his pants, and then starts coming over back towards the truck stop. Duh. Old oh, man, one of them's coming over here. Which one? The no pants one. He's still got no pants on? He's still got no pants on. Tell him read the sign. No pants, no service. I don't think that's on our sign. <laughs> that's not usually on the sign. You see Bill pick up his clipboard and make a note. So he, the the trucker mm-hmm. with no pants on, slowly walks, just beeline toward the door, You know, comes into the light of the, the gas pumps and like, he looks pretty normal, except for he's a little bit rigid. Hmm. So, like, I don't know what's going on. Not, like, below the waist rigid. <laughs> like, uh... Correct. Like, he's just like walking he's all... stiffly. Okay. And... But not, like, below the waist. <laughs> Correct. Not below the waist stiff. <laughs> all right. Um, so, he walks up to the door. I, uh... Ugh. One hand slips into my, uh into my jacket pocket, get my nux. Um, and I say, we're closed. 
and uh, he uh, he rattles the door, and he's rattling, and it's a glass door, mm-hmm. and, you know, classic, you know, gas station truck stop. Hey, fuck off, man! We're closed. I'm cleaning, and I point just kind of, but there's no mop or anything. Mm-hmm. I just let me. You handling it, boy? Well, you hear me? How close are you to the door? Um, I've backed away from like up against the glass how okay. I was watching him, but okay. I'm still like you know right there because Doug's uh, Doug's nature is pretty confrontational. Right. So without blinking, the trucker smashes through the glass with both hands oh. and like starts fumbling at the lock. Ah, jeez. And he gets it unlocked. Oh man. This guy. You hear the breaking of glass. <sighs> and I pull uh, the chair rail out from behind the counter and put on my brass knuckles. And knucks. Mm. Okay. As, uh, brass knucks on my left hand, chair rail on my right hand. And I finally look up from my clipboard and I say, Ain't you heard? You deaf? You ain't got no ears? Closed. Um, I give him like a rabbit punch in the face real quick. Okay. Um, let me do that. First, two. You miss. <laughs> you miss, and uh, you you take some glass scratches. Yeah. All right. Not great. Um, then I like I back the hell away, and I just like grab maybe one of those sunglass towers or something, and okay. hold it between me. So and So he, the trucker, now has the doors open. Okay. And like, kind of you know walks in stiffly. And now in the in the light of the, the store, you can see that he does have um, a couple marks on his neck that weren't from the glass. Mm. The teeth marks? Well, you're not close enough. To, and you could do a do a shifty. Let me do a shifty. <laughs> 19. All right, so you come around the <laughs> counter, you know, all cautiously with your, your knucks and your, your stave. Nothing I've never seen before. And uh, you also notice that... His arms are pretty glassed, but like his neck's got like two clear puncture marks that are that are bleeding, but not like on his artery, so they're not gushing. Can I tuck? I want to tuck the rail under my arm, and I just want to grab like a nearby like can of something. Okay. Just throw it. A can of beans. Head. Yeah, can of beans. Okay. Let's see if I can throw him off his game a little bit. Um. And I feel like it's a pretty decisive thing for me to do. So. <laughs> All right. Decisive action. I love it. Decisive action, which I'm poor at. I can grab it. Decisivity. All right. So you you grab a can of SpaghettiOs. Yeah. And you whip it. Yeah. And it clunks him right in the head. And he kind of like takes one step, like, you know, sideways. And then like comes back and looks at you. Because he was looking at uh, he was looking at Doug, but now he's looking at you, Bill. And he starts walking towards you, not like any sort of fast, just like just like a rigid walk. Mm-hmm. We don't serve junkies here, sir. And uh, I pull the rail back out from under my arm. All right. Um. So he's walking past me. Doug. He's walking past me. All right. This is where Doug shines. Friggin'. Hitting people when they're not looking. Um, <laughs> so he tosses aside the sunglass tower, and he's going to come and try and like deck this guy in the back of the head okay. with his knucks. Fourteen. Fourteen. All right. So 
you get up, you get a little height on him because he was about the same height as you. So like you, yeah, you do a little spring, come down right on where his skull meets his spine, crunch, and he just like falls flat on his face. You know, severed, severed spine for sure. You see that old man? And he rubs his busted collarbone, which has been healed for two years, but it cost him his future. <laughs> um, yeah. Fucking took him out. Uh, should call the cops, huh? Yeah, has some fine hitting boy. Why don't you go ahead and call the cops? <laughs> old man. Fuck you. All right. Now I go behind the counter and I... Boop, Dial boop, up the cops? Yeah. On the old landline? On the old landline. All right, you got a tone and it rings and the... 911, what's your emergency? Hey, uh, this is Doug McKenzie. Uh, Old man, the phone is busted. What do you mean it's busted? This busted is what I mean and mean what I said. It doesn't work. And I guess, actually, it doesn't make a tone. It just goes dead. Okay. Like, but, yeah, it's no, that's busted. that's what dead phones sound like. Do they? Yeah. Okay. I've used a landline in, in this yeah. world. Fuck knows how long. Guys, use your imagination. In this world, phones, when they go dead, go... That's <laughs> how it sounds. I do like setting stuff in the 70s and 80s, but yeah, there's some stuff that I just... You guys really don't remember what phones used to sound like when we went dead? When well, my I've had never a had a phone line cut. <laughs> I've never had a phone line cut on me, first of all. Yeah. And also, when my parents had a landline... Like, I, I remember I what AOL a sounds like. ...in a place where I lived... <laughs> And when my parents did have a landline, which they don't anymore, it was just, uh, like, for my mother's work messages, we always just, like, let it ring to voicemail and never answered it. So I never used it for anything. But did you have answer machine or voicemail? Which one's the newer one? Voicemail. Like, Voice, answer machine voicemail. was a literal Yeah, no, it wasn't somewhere. a tape. wasn't a tape. wasn't a literal machine. Wild, man. <laughs> Wild. So, anyways, the phone's dead. Okay, phone's dead. Mean what I said? Yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah, fucking yeah. work. Maybe you just don't know how to work it. You come try it then, All right. and I'll sweep up this glass. So I keep an eye on the junkie, mm. and I walk over and I, I pick up the phone and I I, I jiggle the mm-hmm. the, the plunger. The no tone. No tone at all. No tone. You broke it, <laughs> old man. This one's the only one breaking shit. Your phone doesn't work. My phone. Now it's my phone. Okay. Right. It ain't mine. Well, it certainly isn't, but you sure treated it like it was <laughs> and broke it. Doug waves him off. In the middle of your the... argument, so before you go, mm. you wave him off and turn around, and then <laughs> lights go out. Fuck! <laughs> All the lights. Not just in the store, but the, the like... Lights over the gas pumps, too. Now the whole fucking station doesn't work, old man. Well, maybe some drunkard hit a, hit a telephone pole again, knocked down the lines. Mm-hmm. That would explain why the phone's out and why the power's out uh, as well. And right here, that was the last thing he did and got arrested for, but then bailed out. <laughs> you know, there are other people in this city, uh, this town, except you. Well, that clashes with my youthful, uh, self-centric worldview. <laughs> and so I don't accept it. Well, you're very self-aware for, <laughs> for a young person. That's why you got hired on here and why I think you have a system manager potential. <laughs> Self-awareness is very key. It's not on my stat sheet, but it is very key to be a system manager. Uh, I go for, um, are there any sort of like 
Yeah, if there's under the hood flashlights. Flashlights, probably. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Right? I'm gonna go for one. Toss me one. Yeah. All right, you guys have mag lights. All right. Those are heavy, right? Yeah, those are heavy. You want the rail, boy? You scared? Mm. I ain't scared of nothing, old man, except my dad. <laughs> and I don't say that, but I say that quietly to myself. Man who ain't scared of nothing ain't a man I can trust. <sighs> what are you scared of? Lights went out. You scared of the dark? No, I'm scared of dying alone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, would I know as a junior part-time employee where like the fuse box is? Or actually, I feel like Doug wouldn't know anything about how to go check that. And probably not. Yeah. All right, boy. <laughs> so I'm just kind of like pointing around the flashlight, and I don't know what to do. It's about time you learn where the fuse box is. I think you're ready. <laughs> I was going to do this for a couple more months, but uh, it's time to expedite your training. All right. Follow me. I assume I know where the Yes, so the fuse box is out kind of like in the loading deck. I follow rolling my eyes. All right. Um, so we go back there. What do I see? What well, you see, you see the, so like the, the steel door, you know, so loading deck, it's kind of raised, right? You know, for the trucks to back in. But uh, it's open. And like... Company policy is to keep it closed. Boy, did you leave this door open? I did not. Um, let me do a quick remembery okay. to see if I did or not. Because that's just the sort of half-assed uh, work that Doug would do. Hey, also, what is a shifty? A shifty is like a look around. Like have oh, a look okay, with right, your eyeballs. Right. I know I did one earlier, but I was like, I don't know what this is, <laughs> but I hope I do it good. It's like a perception check. Okay, okay. okay. Have a shifty. Okay, got it. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to remember if I did or didn't. Because I'm on edge a little bit. Um, so. I rolled 12. Uh, you don't remember if you closed it. You were definitely out there earlier, but like, you've been pretty good about that recently. And like, okay. that's something that you've been like <laughs> hanging your hat on is like, I've been really good at remembering yeah. to close the you door. can't yell at me for that anymore. I fucking closed the door. I'm pretty sure I closed the door, but I can't actually remember if I closed the door. Oh, okay. So what if I was pretty sure that I paid you? How'd that make you feel? So, Bill, you're, you know, kind of like gesturing at the light and like, you know, I'm pretty sure I pay you to close that door as you gesture, you know, the the tracks that it on, is on. You kind of get a look at those and it looks like they've got some like rubbing on them, like like, somebody maybe opened the door without, like, the mechanics. Like, they just manually lifted the door up. And it's a heavy door, right? Yes. Um, That's unnerving, is what that is. It is. But luckily, I'm grizzled, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm resolute. Uh... So I look at it, and um, I guess, uh, can I do some kind of, like, also remembering, is there anything that's been wrong with this door, or any time this has happened before? There is not. You keep that door working squeaky, or not squeaky, because it's so well-oiled and maintained. So you keep that door in perfect working condition. All right, well, this is weird. I point my flashlight, and I point it out to me. Now, you wouldn't know this being a simpleton, right? Door ain't supposed to go up on its own. Certainly not without the mechanics working. I ain't a simpleton, old man. I had a scholarship. 
Yeah, you had a scholarship. And lose it because I'm a simpleton. Mm-hmm. Ain't a lot of uh, astrophysicists working here at the truck stop. What? <laughs> What's that say about you, old man? I know where I am in life. Alright. Alright. Fine. What do you want me to do? Well, go look around the door there and see if anything... Uh, so maybe someone try to prop this open. Some junk. You got to hold a forklift or something. Hold this up. Wouldn't you have heard that? I say, as I uh, re-knuckle my hand, switch my mag light to my other hand, and go look at the door. You still have the rail. You have the rail. I thought I gave it to you because you're scared. I don't think so. <laughs> you offered. I don't think you accepted. Yeah, I don't okay, think okay, I took okay. it. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, um, hold on, uh, Bill. So. You delegate mm-hmm. as an assistant manager. Uh, you take a look at the fuse box? Yes, I will work on the fuse box. All right, so you don't even have to get close to it. You're, you put the light on the fuse box, and like the wires that come into the fuse box have just been ripped out. Boy. That's more <laughs> I'm I'm poorly grizzled. Yeah, what? I'm about to look at this busted door. What is what does around the store look like? In the loading bay? No, like a, like so like outside, oh, of, outside Google the Maps store. view. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. What's, so like what's around us? Is it trees? Yeah, so like uh you know, mm. your building sits I know, in shit. I shot myself in the foot when I said that. <laughs> your building sits uh is it knives? Are there knives around us? <laughs> in a concrete right circle, like a big circle, right? So there's room for like Several trucks who like want to truckers who want to like take a sleep, oh, right? To pull their trucks around back. You know, there's the loading bay, and then you know on the other side there's the gas pumps and you know big tracks of asphalt. But around the asphalt is like trees and, and vines and bushes. I say, uh, I say, boy, them them junkies been in here messing. What for? For a month of Sundays, it looks like. We should probably just take a step out in the lot so we can see a full scope of things. We're sitting ducks in here. Sitting ducks? You think someone's hunting us? I don't know if we're being hunted or toyed with, but either way, I'm not going to sit where I can't see. All right. You still want me to look at the door? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, we can take a look at it as we go out. We'll just uh, head out this way. Okay. On our way, I just do a quick, with the flashlight, okay. shifty of the, the loading bay door. I rolled a four. Yeah, you did. I'm not paying that much attention. Looks like it's broke. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking broken, man. Yeah, well, like I said, there are no astrophists here, so, here at the... Astrophists. There are no astrophists here. The, you guys uh, take some steps out the loading bay door and kind of scan your flashlight flashlights on the tree line you know all is you see some lightning bugs and like you know cicadas are humming and it's just like uh, but we want to be where like anything coming could be seen from at least like sure right you know i don't want anything to get the drop on us right and you're looking that way and you're like ah well and then you look back and you your flashlight beam goes into the loading bay and like the doorway into the store there's a figure. Dane, I don't want this to be scary. <laughs> I have to drive home in the dark. <laughs> Fuck. 
Do do I see that as well? If you look around, yeah. All right. <sighs> mm. Old man, what the fuck is that in there? Brian is not grizzled. Bill <laughs> is, but Brian is not. Uh, probably so junk, you guys, probably a junkie. <laughs> so you guys have a couple seconds to, you know, spook. Oh, oh, okay. Well, what the fuck? And then red and blue lights come through the trees on the on the highway. All right, good. Yeah, cops coming. And you know they slow down and I hope it's pull. Not my dad. They pull into, you know, the the front of of your truck stop. Uh, a wave. Okay. With the yeah. flashlight, and be like, "Hey, over here!" And I, you know, I kind of point. Give I know me, he can't see where I'm pointing. Give really, me a roll. I'm trying to flag down the the sheriff. Or give me a roll for flagging them down. All right. You like a thing with the police, don't you? Yeah, my daddy's a local sheriff. Is that part of the stat that you have? No, it's That's just, just a, a thing about. Okay. Who it is. Uh, I roll a three. Roll a three. So, um, you were a little too late to like. So like the car comes and like gets out of the trees where the asphalt is, and then behind the the structure, then you start waving. <laughs> <laughs> like it took you your brain a little bit to process. Yeah, it was never. Ain't that no asterisks in this. Here, uh, right, but then then you look, you know, you quit your waving and shine your flashlight beam back into the store from the loading bay. Figure's gone. Damn it. Uh. Well, I'm gonna go from here to where the cop went, and uh, old man, you can you can follow me, but I'm gonna go talk to whoever's coming. I got a better idea. Mm. Why don't we go to where the cops are and talk to them? You can follow me if you want, but that's what I'm going to do. All right, fine. I I would argue, but I'm frightened. I'm crazy. <laughs> so where do you where do you go? So we want to kind of go work from where we are around, around the, to, okay. where the okay. to where the cop right. went. I bet it's the fucking guy with no ears, though. <laughs> it's in the be, cop car? This is scary, man. Yeah, because he killed cops, and he's going to show up in the cop car, oh, bro. The, like, he's a monster. And he is, well, or the junkie. I, who can, we'll, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Fuck. <laughs> I hate this. I didn't, it's stressing me I didn't out. mean to make it super scary No, it's scary good. It doesn't take much to scare me, so... <laughs> Alright, so you guys walk around and, like, you know, do some side steps to keep your light on the loading bay. Mm-hmm. Right? Make sure nothing gets up behind you. And you guys come around the structure and cop car pulled up right to, like, by the doors. And both of the cop doors, or cop car doors, are open. <laughs> and <laughs> you can see some flashlights in the store. And, like, some discussion oh, okay. and, like, you know, some radio talk. Okay, so okay. okay. And so uh, as you as you approach better. further, well, I'm gonna run towards the broken door, and I'm gonna wave my light, and I'm gonna yell because I'm right. not as like cool of a cucumber as I <laughs> pretend to be. I'm still a child and kind of a like all right shit heel. So, so you you make you know wavies yeah, with yeah, your yeah. flashlight and uh, you're you're yelling, and so like a cop pops out of the broken glass doors and is like, "Stop! Hold out there!" Whoa. Let me put it, I put my hands yeah. up. Hey, it's me, Who's Doug. Who's here? Doug? And Bill. Doug! Do I, is that you? Do I recognize the cop? Eh, he's just a local cop. Right, You've probably like, seen him yeah, before. Yeah, he's been in before. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's me, Bill. We're, we're just uh, we're just outside here. Some weird stuff going on in there, boys. What's, uh, what's the story with the stiff inside? Some junkie trashed our door, and another junkie is in the loading bay. 
another junkie. And he turns around, Paul, there's another one. And then, like, you know, you see the flashlight beam come. Like, there's a guy squatting down at the body. Mm-hmm. And he, like, comes up. He's like, what? I said there's a... <laughs> what? And then the first cop, who is, like, leaning out, look, you know, brings back and blasts one off. Another one. We got him. And he goes back into the store. What do you guys do? Oh, I know. Okay, so if it was a video game, I would uh, I would go back to the cruiser and see if I could purloin their shotgun. Um, but I don't think Doug would have the wherewithal to do that. I was so. Here's what I was thinking: is I would go to the cruiser and like radio back to the station. That's better. <laughs> All right, Bill. So you uh, you get up in the cruiser. And you see the first cop, whose name is not Paul. Not Paul. <laughs> yes, there's Paul and not Paul. There's Paul and um, Desmond. 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 Oh yeah, I recognize Desmond. So he's, you know, he's You know, he shot his gun. It was like I got him. And then I, you know, he's walking forward into the store, and you're like, you know, in the cruiser, and you got the the. The radio. So you got the radio. You press the talkie button. (laughs) This is so... I would have just ran. I'd be running. Gone. Uh, So I pull up the uh, radio and I say... uh, I assume I know... It's a small town, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I just go... um, Margo, if you're working tonight, this bill over at the Texaco 67. Uh, Desmond and Paul came on over here, and uh, we got a couple of junkies making no good. Uh, there was a shot fired, and I think we might need a, another officer or something. You see if uh, if, uh, if Pat and uh, Alex are around. Uh, yeah, this is Margo. Uh, sit tight, Bill. Or uh, sends Pat and the other one around. <laughs> <laughs> I look, um, has anything else happened in the, uh, in, in the truck stop? I've not taken my eyes off of that. So, so, um, Paul, like, so where you, uh, kill, well, where you beat that guy down, right, is kind of like in the front of where the aisles are, right? So you can see Paul's flashlight is like, he's going back through the aisles towards the loading bay. So he's still moving. Okay. He's still up and moving. All right. Um, I want to shifty in the cop car and see if there is a weapon I could. There is a shotgun. Purloin. Okay. I don't know if I do yet, though. Um. So, well, what should we do now? I don't know. There, there a gun in that their car? There is. You know how to shoot one? I do. Grab that gun, boy. The cops might shoot me. Point it at the ground. They know it's you. They know it's me. All right. Stay behind the car. An adult has said it's okay. So, uh, I take the shotgun. And okay. And just, like, stand by the door? Yeah. By the door of the police cruiser. Yes. I don't go back to the... Right. To Not the, in the... Into in the, the shop. In yeah. the shop. All right. So, uh, Paul's light has, like, gone past your view. So, it's like he's probably in the loading bay. And just, like, bug sounds. 
you know, cicada sounds. Mm-hmm. And it just uh, continues for what seems like an hour. Silence. Hey, why don't you ask Margo where uh, where the backup is? Right, so I grab the radio and I say, hey, Margo, I don't mean to push. I know you're a busy lady tonight and I'm sure there's a lot going on, but you got to understand, we got a real uh, what do you do here down at the Texaco, <laughs> and I was just curious if uh, Alex... And then, fuck! Fuck. <laughs> Paul's body lands on top of the cruiser. <laughs> Margo, uh, Paul's body just landed on the car. <laughs> you might want to and then, so, you, you're looking at the body... And then something jumps on you from a height, well, mm. jumps on you from the, the roof of the building, and so you go down. Ugh. All right. I want to hit it with the chair rail a lot. <laughs> You're on the other side of the car. Fuck. I want to fucking go over and hit it with the All chair right. rail a lot. Do it. Nice roll, right? Yeah. Okay, and so here's what I'm thinking. What are you thinking? Yeah. I'm a model train enthusiast, <laughs> and I lay a lot of rails down. Okay. Right, railroads. So I have a little bit of experience with rails, chair rails, railroads. I got a bonus, I bet, to the 12 I just rolled. Okay, what I would give you is a bonus for initiative. Okay, yes, you know. that's what I meant to say. I, <laughs> I took initiative like an assistant manager yes. does, mm. but poorly. Right. Initiative, not a role-playing game mechanic. Initiative as a, right, so a you, leadership trait. A trait. leadership, but yeah. yeah. You yeah. drop the radio and like you can hear Mario like talking through you but like yeah we're way past that now and you run around the other side of the cruiser and you give him a good good smack and like gets him off of uh off of doug and you just keep going keep hitting him and he was like you know this figure is like kind of taking the blows waiting for you to stop after you know three or four good ones you're a little bit winded you're like oh i should drink less beer that is not what Paul? Uh, nope, Paul's dead. Doug. Doug. Uh, can I recover, or would I have to roll Your turn. Like, okay. uh, so I, you're on so, the ground. All right. I want to recover and, like, roll back over and, okay. you know, like, be ready. If I can, I'm going to come up with the with the pump gun. With shotgun? Okay. But, uh... Give me a roll know. for recovering to a firing position. Okay. Roll an 11. Your hockey training has served you well. You know how to get up from a hit. All right. And this is concrete, so it's much easier than ice. All right. Huh. So you get up. Back up. Um, real quick, what Doug, do I see? Like, Bill is, is so like, it. so you like, you rolled, got up, and so that would put Bill in between you and this figure. Yeah. Okay. Let's say I, I rack it, probably losing another shell, um, and I say, Bill, get out the way. And, and I'll move. I'll, I'll move. How do you move? Uh, so I would step, so I, I picture, like, car, uh, Doug, and then body, or guy, and so, right? So, here, I'll, I'll give you a little drawing. I apologize for the podcast listeners at home. I'll describe it in full detail. <laughs> Dana's drawing. He drew something else. Right. Now he's drawing something else. So, so that's pretty good. This is but Bill. Okay. This is the figure. You know, here are the doors. Okay, so on the back side of the car. And then... Yeah, uh, this is Paul. Oh, this is Doug. Paul's dead. Okay, so so we're between the car and the building. Mm-hmm. Yes. The body is basically back by the trunk of the car driver's side. I'm by the driver's side rear tire. 
and Paul is standing by the driver's side front tire. Sure. For our listeners. Doug. I'm oh, sorry, what did I say? Doug. Paul. Paul's the, dead. Paul's the dead <laughs> Paul's sheriff. Dead. So sorry, Doug is standing by the driver's side tire. So I would... Um, so basically it's over the car, yeah, into I, the shop. Or I'm not like, going in the shop, so I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna like, I'm gonna do a really like sad Dukes of Hazard <laughs> belly roll over the trunk. Can All I right, roll for it, yeah, great. <laughs> I rolled another twelve, <laughs> but I have a beer gut. So that's gonna the beer gut's gonna slow you down. For so sure. you get on top of the the trunk, but like you can't scooch over. Just but slide like, off the back of the trunk. You do, you do get out of the way. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, blast him? Yeah, well, unless he gets to move, or whatever it is, unless it gets to move first. This is all happening, you know, okay. you said get out of the way, yeah, he got like, out of the way. As soon as he's clear, bam. Shoot it a lot. Blast Shoot him. Fucking a lot. Give it a shot. This thing has to be I good. rolled a four. Why are you rolling like this? <laughs> well, he, he didn't want to hit you, so yeah, you blast the ground. Yeah. Uh, good explanation. Try another shot. Okay. On uh, slam severe, fire. Yeah. A six. These kids got nerves. <laughs> yeah, you blast another one, but what it seems to do, and like you did hit this dark figure, but what it seemed to do is give him enough momentum to like roll up out of it and like stand up. Yeah, I'm so upset right now. And in in the <laughs> in the fire of the shotgun, you can see that he has no ears and he is very pale. It's damn it, <laughs> shit. It's the thing. It's the thing. The guy. And Whatever. so, Bill, since you are rolling on the ground, uh, yeah. he goes for you. No. Can I, like, st- I want to try to stand up, and uh, I want to stand up with, like, like a uppercut or, like, a push back to, like, okay. get, him to get well, off. Well, let's, let's see what he, I'm going to do a roll here. The rare game master roll in RPG. Does he like. does he roll on the same chart? Yes. Okay. So he uh, he's gonna try to just keep you on the ground, but uh, what happens is he bonks his head on your beer gut, and you you're able to kind of like you know get on your knees and like oh then he's coming at you and you like boof him with your beer gut. There's abs under there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So your your turn. So I want to just like uppercut him. I, yeah. Or like, so he's going back, or he's falling down. I so he's down on his he's head like hit him up. It depends which. So way you're going. on your knees. He is at like your gut level. Okay. So that, yeah, I want to like like get my feet underneath me and then just Full like uppercut. spring up with my okay. with my nooks. All right. Which are excellent. Excellent nooks. Smash Ooh. hit. So you get all your gut under him. Yeah. Boom. That's a lot of that's a lot of um force under there. And you you smash him back into the wall of uh of the shop. So he like flies up off his feet and like smashes into the wall and then like comes down on all fours. Your turn. Alright. So like coming up on my feet, I'm gonna come around. And so you've hit him, and you've gained a little space, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How how safe mm-hmm. is it for me to very uh, shoot? Safe. Okay, then I'm coming around and just from I'm coming around the side of the police cruiser, 
and I'm just gonna plug this. Are guy. there more okay. bullets in it? I shouldn't say that. Why am I saying that? I've I've you pumped case three, right? three. Yeah. yeah. So I assume there's a, six. It was a full tube of, of six. Okay. 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 Why did I say that? I shouldn't say that. I think it's fun to say that and I'm consider worried. that stuff. I'm worried. I'm like, look, is there enough bullets to kill? Eight. Eight. Uh, not a not a direct hit. Ugh. He kind of you know he kind of like shrugs it off. Cosmo. Mm, I none nothing here was ever all right. Shot. Give him another pump. Ten. There you go. You give him a full blast. Yeah. And he like it like rips his shoulder and like now he like he like is on all fours tries to come up but then like he puts weight on his shoulder and it's like crumpled. Nope. Bill. Uh, so he's not getting up. He failed getting up. And you shot two more times? I got yeah. one one left. Do you yell that? <laughs> I don't think I know. You don't know. That, um... Well, I'm gonna throw the chair, chair rail at him. <laughs> okay. Four. <laughs> goes, goes through the open doors of the shop. Complete miss. I put that back just in case we need it later. But, as you do that... <laughs> They're blue and red lights and a siren this time right. coming from down the highway. Can I can I make and my way around screaming the other side of the car like like to gain distance between? Uh, yeah. All right. Cool. So you gain some. I want to throw like get around and like hands in the air, but like keep an eye on the. the so one uh, one shot left. I'm gonna give uh, it to him. Fucking kill him this time. Though. And then I'm. Uh, no, six again. Six. No. You miss. Complete miss this time. Don't even hit him. But, by that time, after you, after you blast it, oh, no more shells in there. You throw it down. The cop car, screaming down the highway, comes ripping into the parking lot <laughs> with its high beams on. And, like, the, the earless figure, like, you know, gets up and holding his, his broken arm real close and, like, gives, like, a big, and whoosh! Back into the forest on the other side of the truck stop. Gone. Oh, God. And then, like, the cop, you know, they, like, do a sick, like, you know, slide turn. And then, like, boom, open up the doors and, like, cops come out. Hey! The, I've tossed the shotgun aside. Bill! And I'm pointing, I'm pointing where Done? Yeah, Pat, Pat, it's us. We're, we're, it's just us. It's some horrible junkie, man. He ran that way. A junkie? Or uh, something. Ain't got no ears, Pat. Ain't got no ears. It's the no ears man. It's the no ears man from the radio. The Mark Twain Forest murder? Yes. <laughs> Shit, I gotta call this in. Very safe. <laughs> Why am I the one who has an accent? So, with, uh, with the high beams on, you guys are kind of, you know, cuddle into the high beams. Monster doesn't come back and, like... Uh, police proceedings, right? So, like, they, like, you know, all right, get close to us, don't move. Call it in. You know, state troopers come in and, and you know, big manhunt. Mm -hmm. But you guys survived. No, that's story it. To tell. Yeah, that's we it. don't know what this thing Fuck. was. <laughs> I have to drive home in the dark. <laughs> it's dead, well, right? So, then, uh, it's dead a, couple, a couple months later, you get contacted by an FBI agent uh, Detective Mulder. <laughs> and he asks you to come in for an interview. You give him your account of what happened that night, 
and he's like, oh, yes, uh, it was a vampire. And you're like, what? Like, from the, like Dracula from the stories? I say that well, doesn't sound like a professional thing for an FBI agent to say, Agent Mulder. <laughs> well, we're going to keep this between us. Uh, ta-da! <laughs> it was an X-File. Oh, that kicks ass. Was it really an X-File episode? I mean, Kind well, of. it's a no. Mulder, I know Mulder's. I threw. Yeah. I threw in the the ending because you needed to drive home. So Mulder's got I was your joking. back now. I was joking. I know. <laughs> I know. But did, did you did you take the inspiration from that? Or well, was that from? so we we were kicking around because Cosmo's brother um got this new job yeah. working wastewater. Uh huh. Um. And like you know, they have this huge facility, and like he also works you know. twelve hours, and he alternates days and nights. And I was thinking about just what a fun sort of X Files situation it would be to be like right, working like a plant some, on the night something shift. Something crawls yeah. out of the tank Dude, or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, fuck. Oh fuck. And then so we got into thinking this thing of like, what if X Files just happened? RPG light X Files to um just you know, like regular schmucks at their regular schmuck job, something creepy happens or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't know it was gonna be like a spooky one. <laughs> <laughs> we maybe I mean just should have content warned it, no, but, it's fine, it's fine. I, I'm, like, you know, a little bit exaggerating, but I do get scared very easily. Um, but that I'm was good. I'm glad it was, it was so effective, because it was effective mm. for me, too, it was and so I had a really good time. Yeah, and I feel like it was really hard to stay in character, because, like, legit, like, I Chester Cheeto like a motherfucker. <laughs> like, when, when fucking trouble breaks out, like, I'm gone. That's the end. I tell Cece all the time, like, you need to learn to run faster than me. <laughs> That's our defense. That's how you'll survive. That's how you'll survive, is it will catch me first, but you gotta run faster than me. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, well that absolutely kicked ass. Um, thank you. That's, that's gonna that's do gonna it. That's gonna do it. Uh, thanks for listening to, well, this episode and the season, because this is a yeah. season ender. Uh, Two-Headed Game Master, uh, appreciate Brian for coming on, yeah. being our third head today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a lot of fun. That was an absolute blast, and we really uh, feel like we got some good stuff. Um, I think so, too. <laughs> uh, as always, you can find us at our website, 2HGM.com. Leave us uh, your comments, your feedback. i uh, love to hear from you. Uh, the Eclipse Engine, not the RPG Lite that we just played, a more flushed-out version of this uh, you know, simple... Stats versus stats system available for free at 2hgm.com. You can download that and uh, along with character sheets and get started playing whatever you want if you want. And there's also a uh, link to our Patreon there. So check that out. We would love the support if you can afford it. Again, that is 2hgm.com. Um, join us next time. This is a sort of soft season finale, but we're not done. Uh, in the next two mm. weeks, we will have more episodes. So join us next season, I guess, for more uh, Game Master tips and tricks, uh, live play episodes like this one with our lovely guest, Brian. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some more guests for you, too. And speaking of guests, real quick, Brian, you have a plug. Oh, yeah. Uh, so me and my buddy Grant have a comedy YouTube channel called Banana Split. Um, it's probably easier to find us on Instagram or Twitter. So it's Banana Split. It's spelled B A N. A underscore N A S P L T. There's no I. No I in split. No I in split. So um, I promise I'm much funnier <laughs> on that than I was on this. Um, I don't know. You did pretty well. Hello, I peed my pants in both. <laughs> so 
uh, yeah, come check us out. We need uh, the whole reason we made the channel is to get uh, monetization to get my buddy Grant out of his parents' house. So kick ass. Good cause. We're just trying to get the buddy into a place of his own. Nice. Yeah, he's thirty four years old. <laughs> All right. Um, I think that about does it. Thank you to the Burning Saviors uh, for the use of their song Pond Hill's Finest as the intro and outro of our show. And we will see you all next time. See you next time.